At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Happy Thursday evening. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 255. Yeah, 255 of Top Rope Nation. My name's Ryan Drosty. Joined here this week by Mr. Justin Joint. Kyle? Out of the state right now, but Kyle did check in with a bonus show this week, which I will tell you about here momentarily. Justin Joint, how are you doing tonight? Not bad, sir. Um, I got to call BS on something. That whole, uh, you know, what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That That's a load <laughs> of crap because, uh, you know, at least speaking for myself, I came back with something. Oh, I did as well. Yeah. Been, uh, been recovering from the old invisible enemy, have we? Yeah, officially my first time with it, although I would be shocked if there wasn't another instance in the past couple of years where I had it and just didn't know it. Yes. Also, as far as I know, my first time with it. But yes, both of us got COVID in Vegas during our double or nothing weekend. So been recovering from that out of the quarantine stage now, starting to venture back into public and the symptoms are going away mostly. I still might throw you. You can probably tell if you're listening to the podcast, my throat's still a little bit off, but getting better by the day. I mean, you know, God bless all the scientists and people who made that vaccine. So there, you know, there was about 10 to 14 hours where I had some of the worst body aches of my life. And I know it probably would have been a whole lot worse if I wasn't vaccinated and, and boosted. So props to all those people that put that together because I don't I wouldn't want to see the 100 percent version of that thing. <laughs> Hundred percent. I was I was thinking that too, man. It was like a couple of those nights were rough when, when I when I first got it. The chills, you know, had that a couple of nights. It was it was not fun. So yeah, without the vaccine, it would have been a lot worse. So I'm thankful for the vaccine, uh, and uh, hopefully this will be my only bout with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can move on here. So yeah, getting ready. You know, getting ready to get back uh, to the normal life. Hopefully, we've been watching a lot of wrestling around these parts, including last night we did our AEW Dynamite watch party over on the Playback app. Uh, We've talked about this on the show many times. If you're not joining us, you need to. It's a lot of fun. And last night's AEW was definitely one of the most divisive, I think, for us as a show in quite some time. Uh, Now, if you're a patron of the show, by the way, best way to support us, patreon.com slash top rope nation. You can actually watch that. Um, I'll post, actually, I don't think I have actually posted it yet. I need to post it tonight. But every time we do one of those watch parties, there's a recording of it. And uh, that's on demand for patrons. So literally on the recording, you can watch Dynamite and you know our videos overlaid as we do the watch parties and stuff. And uh, if you didn't join us last night, check it out. You can see 
how we reacted in real time to everything that was happening on Dynamite. It was uh, not their best outing, in my opinion. Kyle was not a big fan either. So we're going to talk about that tonight. I guess kind of the state of AEW, their creative. Coming out of Double or Nothing, which, you know, as we talked about, we were in Vegas. We had a great time at Double or Nothing. It was an awesome pay-per-view. But Mm -hmm. since then... I mean, Justin, would you agree? This company is trending downhill quickly right now. Yeah, not, and it's not 100%, you know, all their fault. They've obviously got some injuries that they're trying to work around. But, you know, along those same lines, it doesn't feel like Tony's doing himself any favors with the way he's booking. It just all feels very chaotic and not in a good way. Yes, um, agreed. And yeah, there's there's other things happening that's not exactly their fault, but there's also some questionable decisions made last night, which we will get into. Everyone join us in the chat tonight. Thanks for checking out the show live. We see some patrons like Alan and Daniel here in the chat. Thanks for tuning in live as we record tonight. And if you're listening on the podcast feeds, make sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you listen to us every week or this is your first time. Uh, leave us a written review. We'd greatly appreciate that. And as I said, we are streaming live. If you want to join us all the time live, all you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. We're also streaming on our Facebook page, on Twitter, on twitch.tv slash Top Rope Nation as well. So lots of ways to support what we're doing. I mentioned Patreon. Kyle did drop a bonus show yesterday, Top Rope Nation Extra. I think that was the 49th edition of Top Rope Nation Extra that we have done exclusively for Patreon mailbag show. About 40 minutes, Kyle took a bunch of questions that were sent in, historical, current events, lots of stuff. Really fun show. Patrons, make sure to check that out. If you want to hear it, become a patron of the show. We've got almost 80 bonus shows available right now for our Patreon supporters. Two weeks from now, we will be recording the next edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. That poll is very, very close. If you're a patron, make sure you vote so we figure out what show we're going to review here from a classic event in June moving forward here in two weeks. All right, Justin, let's get to this Dynamite. Uh, Lots of talking points coming out of Dynamite. Now, we always pride ourselves. I just want to start off by saying this, that this is an objective podcast. I know some people recently have felt that we're too easy on AEW and too hard on WWE. And there's been other times where people thought the show was too positive about WWE over our six-year history. And I got to say, I like that people say stuff like that because it means we're doing our job well. Because I, th- I feel like when shows deserve to be criticized, we criticize them. You know, certainly I like, I'll speak for myself, I assume this is probably the case for you, Justin, but I like watching AEW a lot more mm-hmm. than WWE right now. But that doesn't mean it's a perfect promotion, correct? Nope. Uh, as pointed out by Tim in the chat, I agree with him. Uh, even with a bad show like Dynamite last night, I, I will still take that over, you know, a middle of the road Raw or SmackDown. 100%. 100% agree with Tim there as well. That being said, we go to Las Vegas. The promotion felt like it was firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there was a few gripes here and there, but overall, we were jacked for that event. It was a great pay per view. As we mentioned, or as you said, there's other things going on. They have kind of, you know, set them off course. Of course, the CM Punk injury, nobody foresaw coming. He just had foot surgery. He's going to be out a few months from that. So derailed the heavyweight title picture. The summer of Punk is no more. But 
you know, you go into what are you going to do with the world title? And they come up with this interim world champion situation. You can go, you can give or take on that. I'm personally not a big fan of interim champions. You, Justin, you've been a little more positive about the it, idea. Yeah, as as I said on the watch along, uh, the the flaw with the interim championship is that it means they miss an opportunity. They, as an AEW, miss an opportunity to prop up the TNT championship to make that a bigger deal. You know, that was a big gripe of ours when Lesnar was champ and gone all the time. You know, that was a, a prime situation for WWE to prop up the U S title or the intercontinental title, make those feel look uh, more important. So that's the one thing with interim championship that I think can be said as a bad thing. Other than that, I think it's, it's fine. Because the thing is, is that whether we have it or not, I think we're still going to end up wherever it was Tony wanted to go. Because I can't, I don't see any scenario outside of a, a shock MJF interim championship run where Punk doesn't end up beating the interim championship and we're right back to wherever uh, the original plan was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It's all this kind of overarching themes about like, what does this do to the lineage? Do people take it seriously or not? But I mean, I agree with you. In the end, you get that unification match. It can be a huge deal, especially mm -hmm. if they do it at All Out, mm -hmm. which I assume 99% is going to be in Chicago. From everything I've heard, it's going to be in Chicago. So if they can get Punk back in three months to do, it, do the uh, unification match there, it's going to be huge. Uh, you know, whether it's Moxley or Tanahashi, who knows? Uh, but I'm certainly either match would be big, but you know, Punk Tanahashi is what they were planning for Forbidden Door mm -hmm. before the injury. So I personally, I would not be that shocked to see Tanahashi win the AEW interim title. What about you? Yeah, I, I think more so than Moxley, that would be a inspired choice. I think it would all depend on uh, how much Tanahashi could actually work the next however months until Punk comes back. If he can actually be here in the States and work a decent amount of shows, I think he'd be a great champion. Uh, there's a, there a lot of intriguing matches that we could see with him and other guys in AEW. Uh, Moxley would be fine. He's a little bit more uninspired for my liking outside of, you know, you can say he was the first two-time champ. Uh, a Moxley Punk match doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, but I think that's kind of our big problem with the show last night is that they had some good, no matter how you feel about the interim championship, they had some pretty interesting ways they could have gone about this and doing, you know, a lumberjack or not a lumberjack, a, a battle royal to have that person face Moxley to face, you know, whoever wins out of uh, Gato and Tanahashi. It's, it's just not, not great. It's not all that intriguing, <laughs> especially with some of the other options they could have gone with. Like, you know, I, are, are we ever going to expect a long Eddie Kingston title run? Like wouldn't have that been a perfect interim champion to go into a match with punk at all out or really anywhere at that matter. It just, I, I think there was a real missed opportunity and we're going to get to it, but boy, it really felt like they shit the bed with Kyle O'Reilly winning. Yeah. So Tanahashi, like 
this probably would be the only time he would win the AW World Title. So I guess uh-huh. you know, to your point of doing something unique, maybe that Moxley. I think you said this on the watch along last night, and I agree with you. I'd rather see him win the title a second time where it means more, like not in the interim situation. Yeah. You know, like you want it to be a more legitimate championship victory for him. I mean, he deserves it. He's awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd rather see something more unique since it's this oddball situation here. And I agree with you. Like Eddie Kingston could have been phenomenal in this role. I mean, I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. This guy could talk anybody into a building. He's one of the best talkers in the company. He has this aura of believability around mm-hmm. him when it's a fight, I think. And it would have been, you know, something different. Um, you know, Kyle had mentioned on his Q&A he did on Top Rope Nation Extra that I was talking about a few minutes ago that he would have just done, you know, a, a short four-man tournament. He would have just taken the top four ranked people, which would have been Moxley, Wardlow, um, Cole, and actually Hangman and just done a brief tournament with them. I can see why maybe they wouldn't want to do that because you're going to have to deal out a loss to somebody you don't want mm-hmm. losing. But at the same time, you come into Dynamite and they're doing this battle royal. And it's the first thing on the show. The winner of the battle royal is going to go on to face Moxley in the main event. And they don't have like hardly any star power in this match. If we look at the names that were out there, I mean, all right, Darby is a big name, but he's been on he's not been winning matches lately. You got Daniel Garcia out there, you got Archer, Eddie was in there and he got eliminated early, Eddie Kingston. Uh Tony Nice, Starks would have been intriguing. Mm-hmm. Powerhouse Hager, Hobbs. Yep. Hobbs, Phoenix, Swerve could have been intriguing. Keith Lee could have been intriguing. Uh, who else we have out there? Silver, Max Caster. But these Andrade. are not like Andrade. Yeah, he was the Joker, right, at the very end. Yeah. Uh, now, like these aren't people, though, for the most part, that you see as world championship contenders. You know, like you would have liked to have seen some bigger names out there, I feel like. And once they took Eddie Kingston out, you know, it it was like we kind of tuned out a little bit on our watch along. We yeah. were like not paying attention that closely. Because we're like, oh, that would have been kind of intriguing. And when it was Kyle O'Reilly that won, even though, yeah, he beat Darby at a double or nothing, like there was no chance that Kyle O'Reilly was beating John Moxley in the main event. There was no intrigue. Is it going to be a good match? Yeah, and it was. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. But there's no intrigue in who was going to win, whereas some of these other guys, maybe you could have made a case for him. So that really took me out of the show for a little while. And, I mean, you had the live, I think, much the same reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's the thing with Kyle O'Reilly is that I'm, he feels like he's in the middle of kind of being, you know, built back up into a big singles deal. And it's yep. just weird. Cause, you know, we just saw him lose to Samoa Joe in the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, and then, you know, now he's right back here losing to Moxley. And if I just think some of those other guys would have been better served as being a more intriguing challenger to Moxley, even if they're not a believable winner, at least there would have been some intrigue. Like if uh, Keith Lee, if he had won, you know, the battle Royal and gone on to face Moxley and lost, I don't think that does a lot of damage to Keith Lee, but it still makes him look like a big deal. And there at least would have been a little bit of like, now, can he beat Moxley and go on and, you know, maybe do this? But mm-hmm. with Kyle O'Reilly, it just it just sucked all the wind out of the room while we were watching that show. And and frankly, like you already mentioned, I I, I think we kind of missed a pretty good match between Buddy Matthews and Pac. 
Yeah, I don't even remember watching them, yeah. actually, to be honest with you, because we were so, like, disgusted with the way they well, did it, that. Well, and not only was it Kyle O'Reilly, O'Reilly winning, it was the one-two punch of the other thing that uh, we were not too keen on about AEW. The, the new title? The new title, the Let's All go to that Atlantic. <laughs> Look, man, anybody that listens to this show knows we don't like it when promotions just saturate themselves with championships. I mean, we talk about WWE all the time, you know, unnecessarily having two world champions, although now it's unified and the guy's not on TV most of the time. Whole different discussion. <laughs> but, you know, like... Uh, two sets of tag team champions on WWE, you know, two women's champions. We're, we're not fans of that. We like prestige with our championships. And there's been this rumor for a long time that AEW is going to have a trios champion. And I could get behind that. They got a lot of trios teams that would be very interesting. It's different. What this promotion does not need is another singles championship. And I was just completely dumbfounded for many reasons, Justin. Mm-hmm. Let me just show it on the screen here. When they unveiled this belt, which, you know, it's an all right looking belt, although I, I like I, it. It's a good looking belt. I will say, though, like a lot of their belts are starting to look the same. Yes, to- I absolutely <laughs> agree with that 100 percent. This actually, if you take the flags off, I, I, this is almost a dead ringer for the women's championship. Yeah. And the Owen belt, too, that they just had. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that's really weird about this, Justin. So what a weird name. The All Atlantic championship so apparently you know this is going to be their version of a intercontinental title so i guess they have their tv champion with the tnt championship um why would you call a like a continental belt why would you name that after one ocean and then why does a belt called the all atlantic have the flags of china and japan on it which I know you're not a geography major, Justin, but I'm pretty sure you know. Do not touch the Atlantic Ocean. I I don't know what it doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Like we were just we were like, if you go back and you watch the recording of this watch party on Patreon, you'll see our jaws drop. Like what? We thought for sure it was the trios title coming. I mean, if you're gonna put these other flags for countries that aren't part of the Atlantic, you're basically screaming this is a world title <laughs> of which you already have one. Yes, because that was a thing. Like, I joked about this on my Twitter page about how, you know, if you want a title that it represents every country, you already have it. It's the world title. And then I got a bunch of replies of people saying, no, no, this is their intercontinental title. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But they emphasized multiple times on the show that this was for all the countries out there who watch AEW. And it's like, yeah, you have a world championship. That's, you know, the point. I don't know. I mean, I, it, I, I don't get it. It, I, it would be weird, but I guess the only interesting thing you could do with it is if only certain countries or people from certain countries could hold the title. That doesn't make any sense. But so there, there was two things about this that bothered me. Uh, one is that, you know, they started a promo saying we're introducing a new title. And I think you and me at the very least got very excited because we assumed it was going to be the introduction of the trios title. And, and it just so happened the promo started and Kyle hopped into the room. Yeah. And I was like, Kyle, hush, hush, watch, watch. I think they're introducing the trios titles. And then it was like, what? The All Atlantic? <laughs> All Atlantic. So my big problem, this would not bother me all that much. If their television was not 
oversaturated with other belts mm-hmm. with the FTW belt and the the just presented Owen Hart tournament belts that are out there now you know we're constantly seeing ring of honor belts out there all the time and being defended on the show it, it would mean something but i mean are, are we just heading towards uh, you know a promotion where everybody gets a participation belt <laughs> Isn't that like so much with this feel? It feels like every single match they have, somebody is walking out with a belt. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's kind of like that, uh, you know, that Oprah gif. Mm. You yep. get a belt. You get a belt. You get a belt. I mean, my God, come you on! Know, it's just it doesn't make like again a trio's title is it's so different that would be totally yeah. fine. I don't need another singles belt. You know, and the, the other funny thing was when Kyle threw out the idea of just doing like a four man tournament, my initial thought was, well, we just got done with a tournament. It just feels like that would kind of throw sand in the face of that. If we go right into another one. And then of course, like, well, <laughs> not only are they still kind of basically doing a tournament for this interim championship, but they're also doing a tournament for this all Atlantic championship is just bad. It's so that's part of the, like the whole, bad chaos thing we're talking about watching this show it's like it's i don't want to use the word confusing but it just feels like that car crash television a little bit where your head's kind of spinning a little bit watching it Mm -hmm. so during the match with buddy matthews and and pack jr was mentioning a lot about you know their success in the uk that they're the number one wrestling promotion in the uk let me ask you this would you rather it just be called a European championship? Because, I mean, clearly they're going to tour Europe in the not-too-distant future, I, I believe. I know it's been in, kind of in the works with them a little bit behind the scenes. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but it's it's happening. They're going to do a European tour. So I assume that they're announcing this belt because, you know, those plans are getting put into motion. Would you rather it just be called a European title? I guess. You know, obviously... Uh we're kind of sticklers with facts. So, you know, a big problem with this is what they named it and, you mm-hmm. know, the, the flags on the belt. So if they would have called it almost, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. Obviously they probably couldn't go European title. They couldn't go intercontinental title and anything outside of that. And it's basically just a world title. So yeah, I, 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 I just don't know. I mean, let's just, you know, let's prop up the other freaking belts we already have and, Right. Not worry about a new one. Uh, Aaron in the chat. Do we know if this title is just tied to the tournament, like the Owen Hart one, or is this going to continue on like TNT? Everything I understand, this is a permanent title that mm-hmm. they are going to keep around for good. So three men's singles titles to be defended. Yes. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about from last night? That Wardlow promo. Because Wardlow, <sighs> Wardlow was not in... You know, again, so there's so many issues with this promo, Justin. <laughs> Wardlow's not in the Battle Royal to start. So he comes out, apparently, at first to explain why he was not in that Battle Royal. And he explains that to him, CM Punk is the real world champion. So he does not want, he does not want this version of the title. You know, like, apparently he would want to defeat CM Punk for the world chi- title. Wardlow. If you win this title, you automatically 
get a match with CM Punk. Why would you not want to do that? It doesn't oh, make sense. Oh man, I you know I guess it's just a you know a, a great WCW tradition that Tony is adhering to that you make your baby faces look as <laughs> dumb as fucking possible. I mean, it made no sense. Like we were immediately talking about that on the watch party. Um, and essentially like Wardlow makes it known that he wants to become the TNT champion. And look, we've talked about on the show that maybe that would be a good role for him to be this, just the this dominating TNT champion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fine. I didn't like the way he approached the world <laughs> situation. Yeah. It was, that was not very coherent because dude, if you think CM Punk is the, is the rightful champion, you automatically get a match with the guy. If you win the interim title and, and I'm so. pretty sure you already alluded to it, but I understand. And it should be said that before this interim championship bracket started, uh, John Moxley was not the number one contender. Tony mm-hmm. kind of finagled some things, switched some things around to get whatever he wanted out of this. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure Wardlow who has been under an AEW contract for two weeks. I know this is nerdy guys. Just, I'm kayfabe in here, just like, you know. Do it. I like this take. Just like, you know, their rankings are kayfabe. He's been an AEW contracted wrestler for two weeks, and he was already the number one contender. Wardlow, that is. (laughs) Now, I understand that you do not want to hurt his. If you have no intentions of uh, putting the interim championship on him or at least giving him a very long run, you don't want to hurt his current push. You don't want to waste the entire story with with MJF. You don't want him losing. You don't want him winning the battle royal, or you know maybe John Moxley wins the battle royal and then those two face off and you know whatever. I get that. But you got to have a better reason than his excuse for not wanting to be involved. And that was the other like all the big stars who were not involved with that battle royal. Like it just didn't make you know. No Jericho, no mm-hmm. Hangman. It just the entire thing just doesn't make sense, and it's just so messed up. So yeah, I I, I have lost my train of thought, buddy. Save me here. <laughs> no, I mean, all right. So so Hangman is particularly egregious because, like, wouldn't the guy be pissed that he lost the world title? Here's an easy way to get the title back. Like, you're telling me the former world champion can't get in the battle royal? <laughs> like, of course he could get in the battle royal. No, it's, instead he's wrestling David Finley. Okay. Um, well, they tried to save Hangman by having him announce that he thinks, you know what, there's another world title out there for me, the IWGP title, and I want to face Kazuchika Okada. Okay, that was cool. I'd love to see Hangman work Okada, which from what I understand is the plan. But then, you know, for some reason, so Adam Cole's out there on commentary, which by the way, Cole is very good on commentary, but Cole recently lost two matches to Paige, and he's out here like trying to reinvigorate their feud, I guess, because right after Paige announces that he wants to face Okada at Forbidden Door, he gets interrupted by Adam Cole, totally takes the heat out of the segment. You know, the crowd reacted to this a little a little bit. That, that's a whole other conversation. They need to introduce these New Japan people a little <sighs> bit better. This is the whole like thing we always talk about with WWE where they would bring up people from NXT 
and they would just assume that everybody knows the NXT talent and they don't know them. You have to introduce them with video packages. They don't have a lot of time to build Forbidden Door. You know, just a few weeks from Double or Nothing. They only have two more episodes of Dynamite before this pay-per-view. And so, you know, they're introducing these people and assuming the audience knows who they are and they don't. I mean, like the hardcore fans do. Yeah. But like we've we got to do a better job introducing these people. And that's the thing. I, I think AEW tries very hard uh, not to insult their audience. But I'm with you 100%. Like not everybody knows who these Japanese guys are. And going back to, you know, one of my favorite stretches of wrestling ever uh, in late 91 WCW, Jushin Thunder Liger was coming in. I had no idea who he was. I'd never seen him before. And just for a few weeks, WCW just showed highlight packages uh, of him in the ring. And it just, it, it made me want to see him so much more. It was so exciting. It had my imagination running. Mm-hmm. And that, and even for us fans who do know Okada and Tanahashi and Osprey and all these guys who are coming in, would we hate to see a highlight package? You know, a, a two-minute <laughs> highlight package for any of these guys? No, just we show me Okada drop it. and drop kicks, man. Yeah, just show me the Okada drop kick for thirty seconds straight. I would love to see it. I've seen the guy work many, many matches. Just do it. People need to know how great he is. You know, Osprey was on the show last night. It was cool to see him, but you know, I don't know the, the whole six-man scenario. I don't know. That's how I debut Will Osprey, but he was on the show. It was cool to see Will Osprey. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, you got Paige challenging Okada. Some of the audience reacts. It's a cool moment. And then out comes Adam Cole. For mm-hmm. God's sakes, just took the the wind out of the sails. You know, and he's no Adam Cole should get to work. Kazuchika Okada. By what definition? Oh, because he won the Owen tournament. But Adam Page just beat his ass yep. <laughs> like multiple Twice. times. Twice. Twice. It doesn't make any sense. So, like, that was a mess. I, w- I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, again, yeah, it was cool to see Osprey. The main event, Moxley, Kyle O'Reilly, was a very good match, but just no intrigue on who was going over. Um, you know, on the other side, New Japan at Dominion, they're going to have Tanahashi, where Goto, Tanahashi's going to win, obviously. It's going to be Moxley and Tanahashi at the United Center on June 26th for the interim title. But, I mean, that was just one of the biggest bones I had was just... I had to pick that bone. Why why are they not introducing these New Japan people a little bit better? Especially when you're asking fans four weeks after Double or Nothing to shell out another 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this buy rate is going to be very interesting because if I'm a more novice fan, like, and now CM Punk's been taken off the card... I don't know. I'm shelling out 50 bucks for that. Like, I, we were talking about this on the watch party last night with Kyle, and I mean... Maybe it will, but I felt like the absolute ceiling for this is a hundred thousand buys, and I'd be shocked if it went above a hundred thousand buys. I mean, they've been what, like one fifty to two hundred ish on most of their pay per views over the last year. So, boy, I don't know. Four weeks out from double or nothing, the way this has been built so far, if it tops a hundred thousand, it might. But I, I will be a little surprised. And in only two more dynamites before that show. Right. They don't they don't have a lot of time to put this card together and really get, you know, people wanting to see it. Yeah. So, I mean, guys, I'm not looking to be super negative on this show, but like we will criticize shows when they deserve mm-hmm. to be criticized. And we've we've raved about AEW for months on this show. But I felt last night's show 
really deserved a lot of criticism. And I mean, I hope that that's why you listen to Top Rope Nation is we give you objective opinions. You know, someone asked in the chat here, uh, Alex, who's new, new to the show tonight, he asked, what are your thoughts on the MJF promo? And, you know, uh, did we talk about that? I assume we I don't think so. That. No, I don't did we think not? so. No. Okay. So I liked it a lot, um, but it also feels as though it has taken away from Wardlow's rise. Yep. You know, that that's the big problem I have with it. We don't really know what the true story is behind, you know, the whole MJF thing. I think I think we briefly touched on it last week now that I think about it cuz Kyle mentioned, you know, there was a part about it that nobody was talking about and how we took the shot at um yeah, check out last week's show in yeah, our yeah, archives, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Kyle, right. Kyle talked about like, you know, he took the shot about all these ex-WWE guys that are getting signed and the crowd popped. Like the AEW crowd is sick of that happening and then bringing in too many ex-WWE guys. And then ironically, the next match on the show right after MJF was um, Miro and uh, Johnny Elite, two ex-WWE guys. You know, yeah. so that was awkward. a little a little awkward. Um, I love the promo. I thought it was a great promo. Um, but they're playing with fire a little bit because I, I know that there is truth to MJF not being pleased with his pay. And there's been talk back and forth from both sides on that. How much of this has been a work, though, from the very start? It's not really clear right now. It appears a lot of it has been a work. And you don't want to get too cute with that. You don't want to work the locker room too much because, Justin, as you know, Mm -hmm. history has shown that working the locker room is not a good thing. What book are you reading right now? I I just actually finished uh, (laughs) The Death of WCW. By Brian yes. Alvarez, and a, a major part of their downfall was working the boys, and everybody just losing losing faith and losing trust in okay. management, just not knowing what's going on. It's they're, they're they're playing with fire. If they know what they're doing, uh, you know, Godspeed. I hope it works out. It's certainly intriguing. I I, I don't know how you can keep MJF a heel with, with the way he was talking and the way I, I would think this would go. It certainly feels like a uh, they're flip-flopping the Punk-Cena thing mm-hmm. where now Punk is going to be in the role of Cena. Uh, that would definitely be an interesting end game for this, but I don't know. I you know I'm with you. The thing about that promo that uh, hit me the most was how much it felt like it just hurt Wardlow that MJF comes out after being stretchered the night before, you know, nights before. And all of a sudden he just makes an offhanded comment. It's like, well, I'm hurting a little bit, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then just goes on like, you know, everything's fine. And if, you know, him and Tony are good and they're just working, I, I think it was a bad idea to do this immediately immediately after that show and not to let the stretcher job uh, breathe a little bit, not to, you know, let Wardlow continue his push a little bit. Cause it just, I don't know, to me, it diminished his stardom a little bit. hundred percent agree. I mean, they, they, they can still correct this and everything, but yeah. since, since it's happened, Wardlow has not felt like as big of a deal. And it's, I mean, I don't think it's intentional or anything like that. And this is not, a perfect correlation. But one thing that popped in my head is 
everyone listening to this or a lot of you listening to this, I guess it's, I shouldn't say everyone. It's been quite some time since this occurred, but <laughs> um, wrestling with shadows 97. Remember when in the, sh- in the documentary, they're talking about SummerSlam 97 and you know how Sean cost taker the world title. Brett wins the world title, but coming out of that SummerSlam was the story that Bret Hart was the world champion or was the story that Shawn Michaels forms DX soon after that and becomes the top heel in the company because there was this big, you know, the prevailing thought at the time was like Shawn kind of stole Bret's heat in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a perfect cause we're talking about two heels and obviously Wardlow's not a heel, but you don't want like that dynamic again. I mean, think back to the fall of 97, Bret was the world champion and he's working, you know, like undercard matches. <laughs> You know, yeah. like he wasn't he wasn't the man anymore and you know he coming out of here you know you want wardlow should be the new top ascendant star uh, he should be the ascending star he should be one of the top faces on the program mjf's not on the program right now but everybody's talking about him he lost but everybody's talking about him for good reason it was an excellent promo yeah but <laughs> what does this do for the other guy that's what you got to be careful about and what is this you know. building to? Are we are we looking at a uh, Saint Valentine's Day massacre between MJF and Tony Khan here? I mean, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> this is the end game here. Yes, in a few months, that's what we're getting to. Um, so yeah, I, all, altogether, AW was mostly a negative last night. I, I was not a great show. Hopefully, they correct things. You know, great in ring work, which is the least surprising thing when it comes to yes. AW, mm-hmm. but. Everything surrounding that is just, yeah, not good. So how did it do in the ratings? They were down a little bit, not too much from last week. 939,000 viewers on TBS. Uh, They actually topped cable 18 to 49. It was a 0.34 rating, which is actually down 15% from last week. And it it was also, let's see, the lowest 18 to 49 they've done in a bottom month. Not not huge, but it was down a little bit. Number one on cable because the NBA Finals was on regular broadcast television last Go night. Celtics! Justin Celtics took the 2-1 lead. Love it. So kind of a mixed bag all around for for AEW. Uh, I guess, Justin, we have some time here yeah. to talk about a few more current events. Should we uh, shit on other promotions? <laughs> <laughs> Who else deserves it out there? Now... There's a lot. I mean, there's so much going on in wrestling right now. Sometimes summer months kind of, you know, it gets a little slow. Not so much this year. Of course, we mentioned Punk had the foot surgery. They haven't announced exactly what the injury is with Punk, but I've heard he's he has a broken foot. So I don't know how many bones in the foot are broken, which bone is broken, whatever. A recovery time, they're keeping it pretty close to the vest, but I've heard a few months, so we'll see. Uh, Cody Rhodes this morning had surgery on his torn pec. That's like a six to seven month uh, recovery time. He's going to be out a lot longer than CM Punk is. Yeah, sure. you know what? I think I think it's all just a work, and that's just another really bad tattoo he got. That's my <laughs> opinion. That guy. Oh yeah, that was bad. Was that last week's show? I don't yes. even remember when that was. Some guy jumped in our chat. It's a work. It's a work. He's it's all painted. That guy feels really <laughs> dumb right now. Um, not a legitimate injury, but you know, Edge got taken out of Judgment Day. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about this a little bit. Yes, yes. Uh, 
it wouldn't be a top rope nation show without, you know, and since Kyle's not here, I mean, one of us has got to mention uh, Chad Repack and the Repack report. Oh, uh, yes. North him, Florida checking in. Him and Kyle had a good uh, little back and forth on our Facebook group, which I highly recommend anybody listening uh, come join and chat with us because we have some really great conversations going on there. And in the, conver- in the description, it is there. Join. Yes. And the conversation that uh, Chad and Kyle were having was how many times in wrestling history has a heel getting jumped and beaten up by other heels worked as a babyface turn. Uh, <laughs> and there, I don't know if there is one out there that has ever worked. And boy, this, this edge babyface turn, it, it's real bad. Uh, the judgment day real bad. Um, God bless edge for the reasons apparently he wanted out. Uh, personally, I think a big part of it was they need a big top baby face now that Cody is out. So I'm sure that played a factor in it, but also apparently they wanted to go really supernatural with this. You got to give them credit on this. You got to give, you got to give edge credit for shitting on that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, like I said, God bless him if he wanted out because of that, because if there's one thing WWE does not do good, it's, it is the supernatural stuff. Um, I feel real bad for. Uh, Finn Balor for having to take over this group, but you know, God willing, they can rename this or or, or something. I, I don't have high hopes for the ceiling on this group, and that turn was just so dumb because the Judgment Day won at Hell in a Cell, and Edge got the pin. So why are they all of a sudden turning on? Edge after he got the win. Granted, he had to have help from Rhea Ripley, but gosh, that Ryan, can you make heads or tails of this? No. Okay. <laughs> I can't even begin. To, I can't even begin to try. Other than basically, you know, day of the show because they didn't change the theme song even after you know Edge was out. Like it still had Edge on the intro of the theme song and everything. I mean. I think it was very last minute. Basically, Edge said, I, I'm not interested in doing this supernatural garbage. And they were like, all right, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, good on him for pushing back on that. Because, I mean, outside of Taker, how often have those storylines actually worked out well? I mean, they made money off of Bray Wyatt, I guess, merchandising. But, man, that was some really terrible television. Yeah, they, they really shit the bet on that one right off the bat with... Lo and behold, a Hell in the Cell match. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, go back and listen to everybody. Ryan and Kyle did one <laughs> hell of a job crapping on that match. If you want a reason to sign up for the Patreon, that was a bonus show. Kyle and I reviewing, what was that, 2019 Hell in a Cell? I think so, yeah. With Wyatt and Rollins and how freaking terrible that match was. We ranted for 30, 40 minutes just on that match. It was a Top Rope Nation extra. If you're a patron, look it up in the archives. It was epic. But yeah, that was... uh that was real bad. So I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like we have talked about on the show here before how Balor is a very good heel. You know, like we've seen him be a heel in New Japan and do some really good work, but I don't know how he's going to do if it's like supernatural themed. So we that I was gonna ask you, Justin, because you've always been kind of a Balor fan, but boy, he's got his he's got his work cut out for him with this one, man. But that I mean, roster is thin for superstars. Go ahead. I'm sure they're looking at it like, well, he can do the demon gimmick, but the demon gimmick is a 
baby face one. I don't know how you play that up as a, yeah. as a heel. I'm sure there's a way, but I don't know, man. I I just don't see it. Yeah, people pop for the demon. Like they're not gonna boo this guy if he comes out as the demon. I don't know how you flip that dynamic, but yeah, I mean WWE is just. I mean, we have talked about this for years. The promotion has not made a top baby face on purpose <laughs> si- since like I was thinking about this the other day again because like we said Cena but Cena was never like a universally loved character he's obviously a huge star I mean Batista I mean like when they turned Batista with evolution and stuff was that the last time they had a long drawn out storyline that resulted in a new top baby face being made because you know Ever since then, it's all, all the time accidents. Yeah. Punk, Brian, Kofi for briefly, you know, and then they forgot about that that ever happened. I mean, like they those were all pushed by the fans. That was not their intent. And every time they've tried to make a top babyface, they've failed in a promotion that historically was run by top baby faces. And now you got Edge flipping back whenever he returns to that side of the card. Partially because of, as you know, we said, he didn't like the gimmick, but also out of necessity, they need top baby faces. They're starving for them. They just cannot do it. This this promotion just doesn't have stars. You know, like I took my kid, my oldest kid, to her first live event a few weeks ago, and she had a blast, and it was fun watching her and everything. But I couldn't help but think, what a dire time for the World Wrestling Federation <laughs> as I watched all these people come through the curtain and it was like a nobody followed by a nobody followed by a no. Like there was hardly any star power in that yeah. show until we got to Reigns in the main event. And that I think it was the last house show he worked. And he obviously is a star and he's not there. You know, this is the next point. Good for him, too. Like I wouldn't work mm-hmm. if I didn't have to. If I was if I could get paid a lot of money and he's he's earned it. But the guy's your, you know, unified champion now. He worked WrestleMania. He worked WrestleMania Backlash May 8th. He's worked some live events since then, as I just said. But he doesn't look like he's working another match on television until the end of July. And, I mean, he's going to work SummerSlam July 30th. He's going to work Clash at the Castle September 3rd. That's all we have confirmed. It looks like he's probably going to do a television match with Riddle at some point in time. There was one point where they were considering that for Money in the Bank, but Money in the Bank is not a stadium show anymore, so they're not considering that for Money in the Bank. And I've heard it might happen on TV. So, so I was the, looking the, at the TV real, match is going to yeah, be in a stadium. No, but if you could find a prestigious venue, now this is a guess for me. This is not a okay. report, but I did look at their upcoming television schedule. Oh, I think we talked about this when we were talking about Cody maybe winning the championship. Yeah, they're working. They have a Raw at Madison Square Garden July 25th, yeah. which is right before SummerSlam. It's like the go home to SummerSlam. I don't know. That could potentially, if they're going to do a TV match with Riddle, potentially MSG. But outside of that, I mean, there was no other, like, I mean, there's big venues, but nothing that's historical or anything that you could make the case for Roman to work a TV match at. So you've got the unified champion who has worked two matches, one match since WrestleMania. And potentially not working again until the end of July on television. And now, I mean, I've seen some outlets walking back their reports who said that Reigns was going to continue working television regularly. And we said right from the start that was not the case. 
Kyle had that report here on Top Rope mm-hmm. Nation right when Reigns signed uh, the the New Deal. That no, he is he is working reduced television absolutely as part of this new contract, and so we're not going to see him a lot. And I mean, this could evolve into a huge conversation about should they have unified the belts, etc. But I mean, the big point is that they don't have superstars, and one of the few that they do have is not around right now. <laughs> so. TV should be interesting over the next few weeks. Yeah, you know, it's weird because for us uh, who kind of desperately need a good reason to watch WWE television, you know, our thought was, well, you got to get that world title on Cody, you know, by SummerSlam. And now that he's injured, for us it sucks because obviously that's out the window it kind of works out perfect for Cody because it sure seems like the timeline would put him back right around the Royal rumble. And it just seems like a no brainer. If that's the case, just have him win the rumble and win the title at WrestleMania. I, I don't care about Roman reigns and the rock, you know, get, or, you know, maybe you have Cody come back and beat Roman at the Royal rumble for the world title. Um, as far as Roman Reign goes, Roman Reigns, in your point about them not having baby faces, you know, the big rumor is that they're going to do Reigns and Orton at SummerSlam. And mm-hmm. for me personally, that just does nothing. We've already seen that match at SummerSlam. Granted, that was a long time ago before, you know, Roman Reigns was truly Roman Reigns, especially the version we have now. But that is just feels so much like a filling the time kind of match that I I would rather see Roman Reigns versus Riddle at SummerSlam personally. Um, At least there's some intrigue because it's a fresh matchup. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there's just, you you can't see any of these baby faces on this roster now that Cody's out and be like, that's somebody who could have a world title run. You know, maybe you can talk yourself into Drew McIntyre winning at that, castle gimmick Clash show the that castle the, yeah. yes thank you um but other than that you know bobby lashley is super over with the crowd right now so that's an option but i don't know man just that that cody injury really sucked because mm-hmm. that was the way they needed to go i agree 100 percent agree yeah i mean you look at this pay-per-view schedule or sorry premium live event schedule for the rest of the year if as far as like what's been announced they got SummerSlam, then they go overseas for Clash of the Castle. And then in early November, they're doing Crown Jewel, Saudi Arabia, and then Survivor Series in Boston. Unless they add another one, as of right now, post-SummerSlam, there's only one more domestic premium live event for the rest of the year. Wow. Got Survivor Series in Boston. So, I mean, they could add something, but as far as right now, that is, that's all they got. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you. I yeah, Reigns and Orton doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's it just it reeks of laziness just because it's like, okay, it's Randy Orton. He's a big star. You can slot him in. We need somebody. Reigns has beat everybody else. There you go. And he's beat him too. But I mean, like, all right. He's a big star, but there you go. And us talking about, you know, AEW missed an opportunity to prop up the TNT championship with the AEW belt being out of the picture right now. 
WWE is in the, the same thing right now with, you know, they could be propping up the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title like I talked about earlier during Brock, Resner, Brock Lesnar's run. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we haven't even seen the IC title defended on a premium live event, pal, since <laughs> WrestleMania 37. That's how important <laughs> that freaking belt Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Think about the length of some of these shows we've sat through, too. I, I honestly, I don't really believe it. <laughs> I, know, I, I trust the source, but that just seems unfathomable. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, everybody. A little down on the product right now. <laughs> but uh, hopefully next week brings some better news to both companies. We, As I said at the top of the show, we in two weeks, we will be reviewing a classic wrestling event, which looks like it will either be Great American Bash 96 or One Night Stand 05. We'll see how that vote among our Patreon supporters turns out. If you want to have a vote, join the Patreon page and you can hear all those bonus shows. Which, by the way, Justin, we're at 37 patrons. I set the goal of 40. We're so close. Get three of you to join the Patreon page and I can release the 2002 interview I did with Bobby the Brain Heenan first interview I ever did in the wrestling media. It's never been heard. You some of the quotes for a written article at the time, but the full interview has never been heard. And I'm going to release that as a bonus for our Patreon supporters, the audio of it. When we get to 40 patrons, I'm so there I'm are pretty, three of you out there. Join up, make it happen. I'm pretty sure Kyle said on the watch along last night that, you know, we're going to be needing a, a new goal after that. So once yes. we get to 50, he's going to start, <laughs> podcasting sans his pants that's what he said (laughs) kyle ross yes yes uh kyle will be back next week by the way so you can check out our show next week check out his bonus show uh in the patreon archives until then join us in the facebook group discussions going up every single day a lot of fun good place a lot of good people there to talk pro wrestling on the daily you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Justin at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. And the show is at Top Rope Nation, available on all the social media platforms, Justin. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook as well. And, of course, YouTube.com. Subscribe. Join us for the live stream next time. We had quite a few people on here tonight, so appreciate everyone who tuned in wherever you were streaming the show. And, as always, I appreciate everybody listens to the podcast version after the fact justin this was fun man hope you have a good weekend yep you too buddy hugs and kisses everybody all right we'll catch you all next week take care At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.